You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? I I have no idea what my Anyway, Stad Rain won Aston Villa two. Uh, talk to me, guys. Get your comments in there because uh, I've got, I've got a, I like to think I've got a nice measured thought on that, on that game. Um, we've an undefeated preseason, as people, as literally the, the club admin on the social medias couldn't wait to say the whistle wasn't even blown and it was like undefeated. Don't forget we're undefeated. Well, I think that is true. Well, it is obviously true, but I think it's a big, big factor. Um, the fact that we are undefeated in in preseason is pretty good. Um, it was a lot of I, there was a lot of positives in this game, and you you wouldn't think it looking at social media. There's a lot of people who like it, it ranges anywhere from, <clears throat> you know, the fact that we needed. Uh, I saw I saw one post on social media that blew my mind that we needed to dip in and spent. I think they said two hundred and fifty million before the Bournemouth game to stand any chance. Um, and I I, I think that's just completely another hyperbolic, but. Um, yes, there were some things that were poor, but there were some things that weren't uh, in that game. And obviously, um, let's get started, I suppose, firstly with the goal that we conceded, then we can talk about everything else after that. And uh, if anybody was listening to the team sheet tantrum and to the preview, I spent quite a lot of time talking about their corner routines and the fact that they are very prolific from corners, that they like to get in amongst it and like to work things at corners. And um, our first goal came from a corner from their new signing, their new centre-half, who they signed from Bologna. But let's really be honest, they didn't need to work too hard for that goal at the corner. So they could have had, they could have had all the, the routines that you want, but Bubakar Kamara left him from the corner. And, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a sucker punch, I think, uh, for us, because uh, we shouldn't really be conceding goals as easy as that, uh, as easy as we did, should I say, in, in that instance. But... 
the team soldiered on. And I think we had a very, very good response to it. Uh, I think all in all, for the rest of the rest of the first half, we absolutely owned the game. Um, I'm sorry, the first half, should I say anyway, at least Leon Bailey came into the game. We started attacking long. And, and, and I know a lot of people want to see the lovely silky passing straight through the middle. And I did talk about that. But in the first half, we decided they were playing a higher line. There was uh, the sun in their face and we went long. And we got a lot of joy over the top, I think. We, you can you can think of the goal that we actually scored. Um, we did kind of go through the middle. It was a cross in. It was a lovely header by Watkins all the way out. I think it was to Dina. Was it Dina? They, they picked it up after that header from Watkins. Um, so Watkins kind of kept that the initial cross alive, headed it out to Dina. Dina played it across. And <clears throat> Leon Bailey, you'll have to buy me a lot of points to convince me that you meant to kick that off the ground into the net. Uh, that was a spectacular mishit. But you need to be in those right positions. And to be the goalkeeper like Mandana, like that, I think um, fair play to you. You know, fortune favours the brave. And I'll take, if if he scores 20 goals this season and all of our misshits, I couldn't care less. Because as long as they hit the back of the onion bag, that's all that matters. But it was a nice goal. It was a nice build-up. And I think for the rest of the half, we kind of owned it. Getting caught at corners again and from set pieces. There was one time where it was a lovely whipped in corner. Now it did go wide, but um, uh, Martinez came for it and he was nowhere near it. And then there was a push on Kanza and there was a free out. And there was a couple of more other times that they, they got in around us at, at, at corners. But uh, um, uh, they, they didn't bring a whole pile to, to the table at all from an attacking point of view. I think they set up very resolutely in defence uh, and in midfield. But from an attacking point of view, I thought they were very, very underwhelming. Considering what I'd seen from last season, a team that scored over 80 goals, uh, they were really underwhelming for me. Um, but Aston Villa had to break them down, and they tried, and they tried. And in the second half, we came out and we tried to pass the ball um, a lot more. And it it was... I think the heat kind of caught a lot of people today. Like it was pretty warm. Warm out there, should I say. And also the fact that you had that... Uh, that annoying shadow and glare situation, uh, you know, there's there's no legislating for that in a game, specifically how high the sun was at that period of time. So it's, uh, it, it's look, it's one of those things I think that, uh, that, that you can take the positives in the first half with the negatives, the negatives being obviously the corners, and the positives were uh, the fact that we um, we tried to get the ball done, we tried to play, uh, but we initially then, or then we decided that we were going to go to plan B and go over the top and we saw that they had a high line. So I, I, you know, you've, you've, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and I think in the first half we looked and we played actually some nice balls into the, into the basket there, um, into that kind of area, uh, diagonal balls into the kind of the, the, the channels, should I say, uh, from, from long range. Let's take a little look at some of your comments there as well. Um, Tess says they didn't have the game uh, live in Australia. Yeah, it actually wasn't live on AVTV anywhere outside the UK. Um, so there was some streaming issues. There were some broadcasting issues with regards to that. Um, Anwar says Feeney looks class. Well, he did try a couple of things. He sold the striker down the Swanee um, with, a, with a dummy. And then he did carry the ball out of defense uh, for a kid who's only 16, 17 years of age. I think that that, that is definitely something to look uh, to look forward to. Um, <clears throat> we're going to get to a couple of things that, that I suppose really need to be spoken about. Um and these, are, I think, are going to be common themes over the course of the season. Number number one, I think, is, look, the elephant in the room here is, do we have a striker at the club? Um, do we have a striker that we can rely on for, for those snap chances? And when we go back to that first half, first half 
you know, we Leon Bailey got in and uh, he he did Trojan work to win a ball, laid it back to Ali Watkins, and Ali Watkins pondered on it and got, got his pocket picked. You know, you, when you lay that back to a striker, you at least expect him to have a snapshot. If it goes wide, it goes wide. What about it? But getting your pocket picked shows a small bit of, um, I don't know, it just shows a small bit of, uh, I prefer my striker to be a small bit more clinical there. And uh, the second half, there was a lovely crossing from McGinn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Shut up, intro music. Now isn't the time for you to come on. I've no idea where that came from. Um, <clears throat> but it was a se- in the second half, there was a ball that came through from McGinn. He got his head on it and it went wide. And look, I don't really mind that, but you know, <clears throat> when we don't fashion an awful lot of chances, we need somebody to at least be uh, to be clinical to get to get on the end of those crosses. Now, I don't think Cameron Archer scores that headed chance either, but potentially he scores the first chance. I'm not sure if Danny Ying scores either of those two chances either. Um, so maybe we're being too critical or too harsh on Ali Watkins there. But, you know, until we see a snapshot, a snapshot finish from him, um, you know, these questions, I suppose, will be will be asked of him. I thought Coutinho, there was, there was a comment there that Coutinho was quite, I thought, I thought Coutinho was, was okay. I thought he came deep. I liked when he came deep. I liked the fact that we tried about three to four different combinations um, in that, ha- in that uh, game. We tried three or four different formations in that game as well, and I liked that. Some of them by necessity based on who we had in the bench, but others I think were Stephen Gerrard just trying to kind of see how they could change it up mid, mid-game. mid um, Luke Dean is somebody I'm going to talk about as well because uh, with our propensity to give the ball away in midfield, and you guys would have seen it on Twitter, uh, we leave ourselves in a situation whereby we just cannot give the ball away in midfield because Luke Dean's positioning is so, so high. Um, something I spoke about last season it's carried over into this season and another thing is that like if he's that high up there because he's our outlet to cross the ball well then why are we crossing the ball why are we crossing the ball from those positions <clears throat> we're not getting any joy out of it you know deeper crosses is where we get the joy from you see it from the Ashley Young from the Ashley Young's cross for Diego Carlos's goal those deeper crosses are where we're getting the getting um, purchase um, you see it from that McGinn cross, as I mentioned previously, you, for uh, for the Ali Watkins chance. For the first goal, the cross was deeper that came in that Ali Watkins had to get his head on and it goes over to Dina. You know, so we're going so far forward with Luca Dean that if we give away the ball in midfield, like that, it's and it happened once in the game there, but. For me, it's I just I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze with having him so far up the field. And um, based on, on the fact, like yes, it is a preseason game. I, I I completely understand that. But for me, it's just nitpicking. I think with something, and there would be some games where he'd be fantastic. And he's and I know he gets a lot of assists and he crosses the ball in. But until we sort out what way our strikers are going to play, or at least if our strikers hit a, hit a vein of form, I just think that crossing from the byline or that that uh, that shallow crossing, I'm going to call it, as opposed to deep crossing. I just don't think it's working. I just don't think it's working. I'm seeing comments in here. 
and saying we should sell Ali Watkins. We shouldn't sell Ali Watkins. We can't. We shouldn't sell Ali Watkins. Ali Watkins is a good, very good player. Ali Watkins needs goals. Ali Watkins just happened to have two chances today that he didn't score. Uh, I don't think we should sell Ali Watkins because I don't think the return on investment is going to be there in Ali Watkins. And look, let's just say or there's loads of these statistics that are, are out there that the amount of non-penalty goals scored by strikers in the Premier League, Ali Watkins is right up there over the last two seasons. So I don't, I don't think we should sell Ali Watkins. I want to make that 100% clear. I'm just frustrated at that chance, the, the Bailey chance. Um, they, they dropped him. I think the second-headed chance, while I would love to see him stick it, I don't think Archer Ring scores that chance either. That was a chance that's made for somebody like from a throwback, like uh, Christian Vieri or uh, um, Harry Kane will score that chance. But then again, Harry Kane is what probably six two, and that's his bread and butter. It's not Ali Watkins' bread and butter. So I don't think we should. I think the selling of I think I calls for selling Ali Watkins is a massive overreaction, and I'm, I I don't want to offend anybody. That's just my view. That's just my view on it. Um, like, don't get me wrong, if someone comes in and bids 40 or 50 million for him, then I think you consider it just like you do with any other player. But to just actively bid him, I, I, I think is, I, I just don't think, I don't think Villa are in a position to do that. And I don't think it would be smart based on um, based on the fact that he's been uh, pretty much our goal getter over the last two seasons. Much and all as we want him to be better. Much and all as we want him to be better. Uh, young Tim. Young Tim is a fine player. He came on, he booted a fella up into the sky, he got his yellow card for it, and uh, he treaded two lovely passes, two absolutely brilliant passes he treaded. Um, and I loved when they brought him on, that they they trusted him to anchor that midfield. They pushed Bubakar Kamara back into, into defence to play alongside Diego Carlos. And Diego Carlos, I haven't even mentioned him other than saying he scored the goal. Diego Carlos is a brick wall back there. I'm really, really impressed with him. Now, Ren didn't do a whole pilot from an attacking point of view, but anything that dropped him, anything he needed to do, I thought he was very, very assured. And as I say, he popped up in the box and scored that goal as well um, to win the game. But young Tim... Uh, I can see what, what what Stephen Jared is excited about young Tim for. You know, he does that. He 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 was only a small period of time he was on. I think it was maybe half an hour, but he he marshaled in there very well. He he had those two lovely passes. He's comfortable getting around the place and he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. And you know that is really 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 impressive for me. He was really impressive. Sansan came on. He carried the ball forward. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. Douglas Louise, I thought, was okay. I thought he floated in and out of the game a small bit, but I think he was more so covering ground than he was doing anything else uh, on the field. But would have liked to have seen a small bit more from him. Um, John McGinn gave the ball away once or twice, but once oh, everything is going mad here. Between intro music coming on in the middle of my the middle of the podcast, and now things falling off the falling off the wall behind me. Everything is going wrong in this podcast. But anyway. John McGinn, I thought I would like to have seen a small bit more from him. A difficult job in midfield. I don't think anybody really stood out from our midfield three um, within the game because I just think that the game was tough in the middle. Um, but I don't think anybody was poor either, if that makes sense. I don't think anybody was was poor. Yes, as McGinn gave the ball away once anyway in the first half and he gave it away in the second half when we had that counter-attack when Dini was so far up the field. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that anybody was poor in midfield either. I think the, just the big thing for us was, for Villa itself, was the fact that we had a lot of the ball um, fashioning chances. While we did fashion some chances, Leon Bailey looked like the most lively uh, in the first half went out of it in the second half, and then you just wanted Ali Watkins to score a goal, I think really was 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 my view on it anyway. Um, 
Okay, let's have a look uh, at some of the comments here. Demi Leach says, um, Augustinson looked okay and Sanson looked very anxious to do something. Yeah, I agree with both of those. Um, Danny says, Danny Harvey says, just to repeat myself for the thousandth time, we desperately need a striker. I think we do need a striker, but I think we're caught between a rock and a hard place because <clears throat> there aren't that many good strikers out there. There aren't that many good strikers out there. And uh, that's uh, that's a big problem in itself. Uh, big, 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 big problem in itself. And I think the Borussia Dortmund are now going to have to dip into the market again. Um, so there will be a lot of strikers edging their bets over the next couple of weeks to see who will be that man that steps in for Sebastian Heller. Because while they did think it was only going to be a six to eight week recovery from from that, uh, that tumour, it looks like it's going to be a lot longer. I think they said it's going to be a, a number of months that he will need. And we wish him all the best here because that's not something that you want to want to ever discover specifically when you're after getting a big move like that. Um, Camera Baby says Watkins' form is worrying. Absolutely agree. I agree that he is uh, He is worrying. Stint69 says, I think Garlis goal just papered over the cracks of a poor performance that showed we're struggling from last season's problems of having an imbalanced midfield and continue going missing. I don't really agree with that because three games in a row, you don't really paper over, or four games in a row, I don't think paper over the cracks if that's, like it's just the thing where you say it's papering over the cracks is is the thing that I'm struggling with there. I don't disagree with you about an imbalanced midfield, although I think we're a lot more balanced now with, with it there. Um, I think it's more so that we, that I agree with you, the Coutinho going missing, although today he didn't, he, he just didn't have that massive creative spark, creative spark, I think which was more down to the fact that Watkins and Ings and, and uh, were, were, were so poor when they played today. Now, although that's unfair in Ings because he only played, but I don't think it's papering over the cracks. I think we were, we were the better team out there today. Like, like they didn't. We were by far the better team. Um, it was backs and forwards there for 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 a period of time. But uh, I think um, my the the view I'm taking of it is that that while it wasn't perfect, it was massively far away from perfect. There, we ground out a result today, and there are times in games uh, over the over the, the period of last season that we needed to get draws or we needed to you know grind out a win like that, and uh, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So I think there is slight progress there. Um, but are we where are we where all of us want us to be? Absolutely not. So I agree. I agree with that point from from, from that point of view. Since uh, for sure. Um, actually, guys, is marvelous Nakamba injured? Anybody in the comments? Marvelous Nakamba. We've barely seen him. Barely seen him at all, at all, at all. And I presume he would have been playing a Fulham today. But I just completely forgot about him. Uh, Lemmings says Erogbenum is second choice DM for me. Um, Rob Henry says we played some decent opposition over preseason. Yeah, remember when we used to go on preseason to to Sweden and play like Sweden third division teams and play, win, win twelve and fifteen nil. Uh, we certainly didn't see any of that this this uh, off season. Although arguably, I think some people might throw back at me to say that uh, um, we mightn't have been able to score twelve or fifteen goals this off season. Um, but. Uh, it's yeah. It's as I say, we did play some good opposition. I think we are in a good spot going in against Bournemouth. I think if we play like we played today against Bournemouth, we still beat Bournemouth. If that makes like while it was and and it wasn't by all means. I want this team to play an awful lot better than they did today for sure. Um, I agree with this one as well. Aston the Villa fan says the ball behind Ings was gutting. Yeah, so there was a nice ball in from Ashley Young, I think it was. And it was just behind Danny Ings because I think we are at that stage, as I've said about three times in the podcast now, we need one of our strikers to score. We need one of those two big names to score. 
um, because I think that it's uh, it, it's it's becoming a kind of a talking point now. It's becoming a monkey on their back. So um, again, like, and we now have we're now into the season. We're into the season now. So um, Bournemouth is going to be a big spotlight in our striking department for sure. Um, Conrad says that Bailey is a man on a mission. I I liked how he played today. Yeah, I think I think he did kind of run out of steam in the second half, uh, and we didn't get the kind of ball we wanted to to him. Uh, we looked like we favoured more the left-hand side to try and keep the ball out of the this glaring sun uh, for times in the second half. But I like Bailey today again. Bailey's been a stand-up performer over the whole lot of, whole lot of the off-season, I think, or the pre-season, should I say. Um, ba -ba -ba -bam. How good is young Tim, says Chris there. Yeah, I think he's very good. Um, uh, ba -ba -ba -bam. Anything else here? Uh, mm -mm -mm. Uh, Seb says, great result in good minutes for a lot of them. Young was very assured and heavily involved when he came on. Interesting, Camara dropped into the back line and Feely was very calm in, in, his, in his cameo. Good prep, preparation. Yes, I, I, I want to say, as everybody here who listens to the podcast will know, I sing Ashley Young's praises and I think he's definitely a left or a right back and I never had any doubt on that at all. Um, I can't even say that with a straight face. I probably his biggest detractor, but fair play to him. He came on today, he did some really, he, he had Three really, really good crosses. So um good good show from him today. Yeah, really. And it was good thinking for him for the short corner for the goal because um he sprinted around the goals, got around to that side, played the short corner with Coutinho, I think it was, and then crossed in and, and Carlos nodded in at the back post. And there was a queue of players at the back post. So I don't know whether it was a pre-prescribed corner or what, but sometimes putting the ball into the area is all you need as opposed to trying to put it on someone's head. And he certainly, certainly, certainly did that. Um, Conrad says, all in all, I think there are more positives today than negatives. Yeah, I, 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 but saying that, I think that I think the people are well within the rights to want more positives than the, that we saw out there today. Specifically, you know, some basic things that didn't really go right uh, out there today. But I agree with you, Conrad. I think um, I think there were more positives out there than negatives. I think we were by far the better team on the field today. By far the better team, and I think that shows where this team can go. That we can be even better than we played out there today. Um, uh, the Gerard can't really have any moans about the preseason. I think that's a fair synopsis based on the fact that we've had no injuries. We've won every game. We haven't been we haven't been one hundred percent. We haven't been perfect. Like and I'm going to keep on saying that we certainly haven't been perfect. But you know, you got to take wins when wins are coming along, and you never kind of. But you, there are things to work on, and I think that that keeps the fire burning for people like Gerard, and it should do for the players as well. So it's 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 been a been a positive um off season uh. All in all, uh, exactly. I agree with you. Um, oh, that's an interesting one. Ad says that Ings scored yesterday against Fulham in a 1 0 win. Um, that'd be interesting. That uh, and that would probably explain why you only got 10 minutes at the end, uh, against Rain. Um, Big fan that Kamara can slip back into defence so we can bring extra reinforcements in attack. I agree with that as well. The versatility there is superb. It's great to see. Um, where are we? Uh, thank you very much, Scotty. <coughs> Scotty, I can't see where your comment is, but I just want to say really, really thanks a million, Scotty. Really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Um, where are we? Sorry, there, guys. I'm after losing. Um, I'm after losing my place here. Uh, oh. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, British Mick says, don't want to be a damn squid, but uh, up to the halfway line, absolutely brilliant. After that, not a Scooby, no improvement in last season, and this worries me. Even an aging Ashley Young made, making a difference. Yeah, I would go so far as to say he made a difference. He had a couple of good crosses, all right, yeah, but at that stage, everybody was tired. It was like well into the 80th minute at that stage, and plus they had, what, some 16-year-old out in that wing um, for at, at that period of time, and they had another 17-year-old in centre-half. So, um. Yeah, look, it's a pre. Uh, for me, I I agree with what like I've no problem with you say with 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 that being the opinion on it because I don't think that you're one hundred percent wrong for sure, and I wouldn't defend an opinion against that, should I say? But um, yeah, as I say, the, the there's lots to work on. There is stuff to work on, but I do think that we 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 actually controlled the ball better, and we were by far the better team, you know, and that and and like, I I wonder is there anyone out there who thinks we weren't the better team today? So anyone out there who thinks we weren't the better team? Because uh, uh, because I I, I thought we were absolutely, by far and away, the better team. We were the only team who actually came to really kind of look like we wanted to get phases together. Um, Because I I was really disappointed in Santa Maria. I was really disappointed in Terrier that I I picked up beforehand. We didn't see Jeremy Doku. Um, They had that Croatian guy that, that had a, 10 15 minute spell in the middle of the first half, who was really, really good. Guy who took the corners. Apart from that, I don't really think that there was any real standout player for them at all. And any of their chances came from probably from us forcing the issue, you know, at times. So, um, you know, they looked like they just came to set up and be resolute. And, and we, yes, we did fail to break them down. But then again, they were the fourth place team in, in Ligue 1 last season. And they're, they're not a bad side either. They're not a bad side for sure. Um, I I think this is interesting as well. Ian love the crowd. Given all fashion, you all feel. I, I thought the, I thought their crowd were brilliant. I thought our crowd were brilliant too. But uh, I I I agree with that. I think that there was a lovely atmosphere throughout the whole lot of it. There was consistent singing, and they were definitely up for it. Their their crowd were, and so were ours. Um, uh, where are we? Where are we? Uh, Keith Kelly says, enjoyed that revenge tackle at the end from young team after the push. We need a little nastiness in the team, in my honest opinion. And I think that I think Tim more or less he knew what he was doing there. He just booted him up into the air for sure. But uh, he he won't get away with that in the Premier League, that's for sure. But look, I suppose you take your chances where you can get him in in that aspect and no harm. Uh, the your man kind of kind of half expected it and he got up off the ground smiling. So um so there is something in that for sure. 
Um, but, 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 that's thanks so much for all your comments. I really, really uh, appreciate it. But yeah, Ronan Ward says there's a poltergeist. I think there is something coming off my wall and my intro coming on in the middle of the podcast. So, um, that 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 wasn't exactly ideal. Um, I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm going to to wrap it up on this, guys, because as I say, it's it it's been an interesting game, and it's been one of those uh, uh those um. It's one of those games that people are going to go away from it and are going to be pissed off. But at the end of the day, we were, I'm going to, and I just feel like I should have just recorded. We were a better team and we won 2 1. You know, it wasn't great, but there was positives coming out of it. And sorry, I, I, I'm real sorry. I, I, I missed the comment there. Somebody was saying that Philip, uh, something about Philip Billing going to boss our midfield ne- next week. <clears throat> I don't know about that either. I don't know about that either. Um, that could very well happen, but, uh, I, I'm I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Philip Billing, the first year that we played uh, played against Bournemouth, was absolutely outstanding. But he should have been sent off after about twelve minutes. He had about nine fouls in twelve minutes. So I think that he'll foul his way his way around the field um, for Bournemouth. But uh, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that as the as the um, as the week progresses. But no, if 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 you watch that game and you feel like that, uh, that you're worried about the season, I think. That's absolutely fine. I think, I think it's fine because it wasn't a perfect game for sure. Um, but I don't think that they brought anything to the table. And to be honest with you, uh, the minutes and the legs for those players would have liked to have seen some goals from strikers. But apart from that, um, we pushed the ball, we pushed the the envelope, I think, in that game. But uh, it certainly wasn't perfect by any means. But 2-1 two, two, win, coming away from Rennes, undefeated in preseason. And I know it doesn't mean anything when you talk about being being undefeated in preseason, but at the end of the day, there's been um, that that winning does breed confidence. You know, if you can continue to win um, and win ugly, well then uh, that's something that we needed to do last season. We couldn't do. So, guys, thanks ever ever so much, everybody, for watching. I really appreciate it. If you could give it a thumbs up on the YouTube video, uh, that would be great. I am sitting here in my uh, my office and I just realized I've no window open and I think I've got to pass out from the heat. So if I do pass out before the end of the end of the podcast, somebody um somebody <laughs> just I don't know, ring Paddy and tell him to turn off the podcast or something. But uh thanks a million everybody for everything you do. Uh really appreciate it. Uh we will be, we will be back with our preview of the season. Uh, coming up in the middle of next week we will also be back with Team Sheet Tantrums for Bournemouth next week and uh, previews and reviews and all that jazz so we're back full swing into the swing of things for the for the season coming and I want to thank all of you for being with us over the off season, I want to thank all of you for the really nice messages that we've had, we've really grown our audience over the off season as well and that to me is uh, astounding and I really thank every single one of you from the bottom of my heart because if you guys weren't here, I'd just be a guy talking at it, talking into into a TV screen like in Egypt. So uh, thanks very much, everybody, for everything you do for the podcast. But unbeaten, uh, on to Bournemouth, and we'll see where, where this season takes us. But until then, guys, we'll be back during the week. Stay safe, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.